0: home. It is more than four walls and a roof. Home is a feeling. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and I believe that home is the most important place on the planet. Here I dive into all things home, whether it's tips from my latest DIY project or interviews that examine what gives a house that something special. Join me as I get to the heart of the home. The weight and shock and sadness and anger surrounding the days since George Floyd's death have spread like wildfire throughout the country. The call for change is louder than ever before. There's a division forming on social media between white voices, many with good intentions, putting up black boxes on their feeds in solidarity, sharing black businesses and influencers in their spaces, and the black voices saying, why weren't you doing this all along? Shavonda Gardner is not only a black woman in the overwhelmingly white space of design, she is also queer. We met many years ago at my very first blogger conference after starting as friends online. And I have learned so much from her, not only because she is an extremely talented designer whose home has challenged my beliefs that bigger is better, but also because she continues to open my eyes to the injustice happening in our country and has made me feel confident that what I can do to support the Black community, though imperfect, is a better path than remaining silent. Shavonda, my dear friend, this is such a difficult time, (laughs) and I am so grateful that you're taking the time to join us again. You're a, a returning guest here on Heart of the Home podcast. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming on today. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for having me, hon. So I first just want to talk about a few things. You are mm-hmm. such a loving, warm, accepting person, not just online, but also in person. Um, as I've met, met you several times, your hugs are like the best. You give the best Thank hugs. You. They're like <laughs> Oprah hugs. They really are. If anyone has ever experienced one of your hugs, that's what I imagine Oprah's hugs feeling like. Yeah. Let's just talk about your feelings first about mm-hmm. George Floyd, about Ahmaud Arbery, about Breonna Taylor. And, and you know, this isn't something that is new to you, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Tell me what has kind of gone through your mind lately. Um. <sighs> Gosh, I I mean, where do I even start? Um, It's gotten to the point where, for us, like for me, and I, I even though I don't speak for all Black people, I will say that this type of violence, this type of terrorism—I'm going to call it what it is—is not shocking to us. This is like oh, I woke up on a Tuesday and there's another, you know, black body killed by the police. Oh, that's really terrible. And here we go again. You know, it's, it's, it's just become almost part of our daily routine to know that with our cup of coffee or with our bowl of cereal, we're also going to be seeing another body taken from us, another injustice, another aggression toward, um, black, a black body. So I think that for me, it's one of those things where my heart is just like constantly broken to the point where, uh, I haven't even really allowed it to mend itself because it's one of those things where I feel like it's just going to happen again. It's going to get broken again. Um, I mean, you know, that's really. The best way for me to describe it, like it's, it's just become such a part of our fabric that we just, you know, there just there just aren't any words. There just aren't no, because I feel like we've said all the words, we've done all the talking. We're just like we, ca- I can't say this anymore. You know, it's exhausting.
0: You know, I I'm not naive to black you know, this issue in our yeah. country. Um, yep. But I think what's happening to, I, I would say I'm not alone in this, but I'll, I'll sort, of ser- sort, of, sort of share my experience and how my eyes have been opened. So me as a white woman, I think a lot of people are feeling this way. I've had a huge wake up call in yep. the last few weeks because I don't think I fully understood the extent of racism in our country of white privilege Uh um, and just how big of a difference there is between the daily life of someone like me and uh, the daily life of someone like you. Um, I think because I'm not a racist, I don't have those feelings and I sort of live in in a bubble of white privilege. My eyes were not opened to how big of an issue this really is. And that sounds so ignorant and it sounds so stupid, but this is like The
1: big wake up call. I think that everyone needed. Are you feeling that way too? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I think that there is a difference between uh, seeing it and in the back of your mind knowing it. Um, And like you said, like you just didn't realize it was it was such an issue. And I think that that is the overwhelming. Um collective response from white people, every, almost every white person that I've encountered or that I've had the, the conversation with all of the conversations that I'm having with my followers and with my community on Instagram. It's just been like, I had no idea. And isn't that unbelievable though, that yes, yes. It's that, it's that reality of like, I didn't know, or I had no idea that, that, that is the part that is so infuriating because for Black people, there is no, we didn't have an idea. Like, you know, it's 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 like, what do you mean you didn't know? How did you not know? How much louder did we need to shout? I mean,
0: I'm realizing that yeah. now. It's almost like. Honestly, it's almost like a cloak has been lifted mm-hmm. from our yep. eyes because yep. I can't I can't understand, just like you can't understand how in our country in 20 freaking 20 how there has been this big of a divide and this big of a disconnect in what is happening between white people and black people like i can't fathom how Mm -hmm. we didn't know how did we not know that this was as bad as it Mm -hmm. was how was there so much miscommunication over something as simple as black lives matter I mean, that is like Mm -hmm. mind blowing to me. Um, I turned to you the other night kind of feeling crippled and and we got on the phone and, you know, we Mm -hmm. were both kind of like crying together. Like I don't, you know, me as an ignorant white woman and you as a a tired black woman. And this is not new to you. You've been sort of talking about this in your platform on your space for a long time time, not only, you know, about racial issues, but also the need for diversity in design. Why are you tired? I mean, you explained it to me, but explain it to, to people who are listening. Why is the black community so
1: tired? Um, well, we're exhausted. I'm exhausted. Again, like I said, I don't, I don't make practice of speaking for anyone other than myself, but I am exhausted because it's like I spoke, you know, I spoke to another, a friend of mine as well. And I gave her this analogy that I felt like was something that was relatable to everyone. It's like when you are sick, when you have a pain, when you are in pain and you know that there's something wrong with you and you have gone to multiple doctors and you've told the same story. I have a pain, I have a pain, there's something wrong. And, and one after the other, after the other, the doctor tells you there's nothing wrong with you. It's in your head. You're totally fine. You'll be okay. All you, you just need to sleep it off, whatever, you know, thing they have to tell you to pacify you to kind of get you out of their way because you are annoying, right? So you've gone to multiple doctors and you're still like, every time you get pushed away. You still go home with the same pain. And then one time, one time you go to a doctor and this doctor listens. They actually listen. They actually hear you. Maybe your pain at this point has been completely elevated and it's now manifesting into something a lot more um, prevalent, something that that person could actually see now. And they're like, okay, there's something wrong here. Like you're, you're right. Like there is something wrong. And the doctor takes the time to listen to you, to diagnose you, and you come up with an action plan. And for the first time, you feel like you're no longer crazy. And you're like, I told you there was something wrong with me. I knew that there was something wrong. I knew I wasn't going crazy. Like, that's the best way that I can think of to explain how i feel and i believe how a lot of black and brown people feel right now because it's like we have been telling you and we are freaking tired so exhausted just so exhausted tired of speaking tired of not speaking tired of seeing you know bodies being killed being murdered tired of seeing the injustices tired of all of the little microaggressions tired of being pushed aside tired being told that what we saw and what we experienced is not what we saw, is not what we experienced, is, oh, it's not that bad, it's okay. Oh, are you sure they were being racist? Are you sure? Like, the gaslighting, the not believing, all of it, it's just, it's incredibly exhausting. It's tiring.
0: Something that you said the other night is just like really sticking with me. And, and you asked me, well, how many, think about how many. Black people you yep. and your family come in contact with every day. It's no wonder that you're in a bubble. The truth is, I, I really do live in a bubble of, of white privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a very white state. And even though I've moved outside of this state and and lived in other parts of the country, I moved back here with my husband. We both grew up in the same area. Mm-hmm. Um, and our kids, you know, on a daily basis, I can count probably on my fingers. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes on my toes, how many people that are black, people of color, my family comes in contact with. My yep. daughter had one school teacher who was black. Mm-hmm. My uh, my older daughter, my younger preschool age daughter had one teacher who was black. Mm-hmm. Um, classmates, a few, a handful, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids on their dance team. Yep. Each of them have a couple kids on their dance team who are black. Uh and then, you know, honestly, and I have a few dear friends who are black, e- even some who live here in Utah, but we don't see them every day. That is really about it. And you were like, what about your dentist? What about your doctor? What about your accountant? What about, you know, firefighters? What about this? And and my mind was like, "Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I really don't come in in contact with very many black people." And and a lot of that has to do with just like geographically where I am. I live in Utah, which has a lot more white people than it does black people. But how much out of my way am I going to expose my children to other races? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, that responsibility is absolutely on me. I I need to be better. I need to do better at exposing my children to more people of other races.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I I've, I've talked about that um before, you know, on on my platform because that's the one thing that I think I have you know, whenever I hear someone who's non-black or non-POC say, "Well, I don't see color." First of all, that is not I want to make this very clear when you say, I don't see color. That is not a good thing. That is not something that you should be telling people. That is definitely not something that you should be telling somebody who is black or Brown. Um, because in your attempt to make yourself look not racist, you are telling this person, this human being in front of you that you don't see them. It's about about more than just, oh, I don't see color. You're telling them, I don't see you. I don't see your history. I don't see your family members, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles. I don't see you or your existence. So, I mean, I think that that's kind of the first thing that I would really love to see that change. Just, you know, in everyday dialogue, I would love to see that change. But going back to what you were saying, I think that... I do want to acknowledge that, you know, I acknowledge that as a black woman, that yeah, you don't see color because you literally don't see it. They're like, I don't, you know, I've had so many people reach out to me say, "Look, girl, like," that tell me that I am literally their only connection to anyone that's not white in their life. Me, somebody who's over the internet, somebody who is not part of their direct community. You know what I mean? So it's like they the only interaction or um visibility that they have of someone who is black is is me. And and that that's heavy. That's heavy in 2020. We are no longer a segregated country. By law we're not. I will say we are a very segregated country, but like by law we're not a segregated country, but that is exactly what it feels like.
0: Is that why you say, uh, you know, if anyone's been following you for an extended period of time, they've heard (laughs) you say the words representation matters. Yes. And, and, and is that why you feel so strongly that you, you need to be very visible that you need to show your face that you need to show your family's faces, you Mm -hmm. know, not just, as a black woman, but also for the gay community as well.
1: Yep, absolutely. Because the problem here is, Jen, one of the main problems and one of the reasons why I feel like there's so much of the the racism and the hate and the just passive, the passive racism even, is that... We as human beings, we thrive on connection. I mean, that's just a fact. We want to feel like we can connect with someone that we have something in common with someone that someone will understand and empathize with us in our lives and our stories. That we um, that we can see ourselves in someone else. And the problem is, is that when you don't see black or brown people, you have no way of genuinely connecting with them. You have no way of seeing any part of your life in them. If your entire community is white, your whole entire community, your entire bubble, the the teachers, the people that your children go to school with, your doctors, your lawyers, even like the people that are in the grocery store, the gas station, the billboards, the magazines that you read, the television shows that you consume. If everything in your life is white, how can you possibly feel any sense of connection to someone who is black or brown? And if you you can't even feel that sense of connection to them on that very basic level, you will not or cannot understand or feel our hurt or our pain. Like you would if someone in your community got ran over by a bus, you would feel such sadness for their family. If it was a child, you would feel like, oh my God, I went to school with her. That could have been my daughter, you know? Now, if, if your entire circle is white and if that's a little black kid that gets hit, you're just like, oh my God, that's so sad. And that's it. It's, that's exactly what happens. Like, Jen, like, I love you and I love your family and your husband. And it's like, you don't have to worry about if your husband leaves the house and is, like, in a rush home and, like, gets pulled over by the cops. You don't have to worry about if my husband's going to make it home from that interaction. Never. I have never once thought about that. Never. Never. Meanwhile, I don't have a husband, but I'm going to say my best friend, Carmion, for example, she has a a husband. If her husband drives home and it's like just I'm trying to get home to my family and he gets pulled over by the police, there is a fear there that is so deep. Is this man going to make it home? no matter what no matter he could do every single thing right he could pull over he could put his hands up he could not reach for anything fast he could have his id he could have his license he could have his registration he could have i mean every single step could be done by the book and this man could still be killed in an instant and that is a very real fear that is a fear that every black mom every black wife has. I don't know if my family member is going to make it home if something happens, it's like, that's, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's the part of the connection and the understanding and the empathy that is, that is, that is what is lost. That is what is not there.
0: Yeah and I, I think that's where the big like eye-opening has really come from, because yeah. yeah, like you said, I have never once worried about my husband jogging through our neighborhood, that he would be hunted down simply because of his appearance. I yep. have never once worried about one of us being pulled over and having that end in a deadly shooting never mm-hmm. once have those mm-hmm. things crossed my mind i've never once worried about my children going to school and being judged because of yep. their appearance or me being judged because i of the color of my skin never have those things ever crossed my mind so therefore i can't fully ever understand what it's like to be black mm-hmm. um that being said i a lot of other white people a lot of other influencers we want to use our voices our power our platforms in the very best way we can mm-hmm. but the other the other day right after we talked i had started noticing sort of a phenomenon happening yeah. on social media and mm-hmm. and you we've had conversations about it since uh-huh. then but i started noticing all of these other white influencers who maybe well-meaning i'm sure a lot of them most of them were probably very well-meaning but they they started in it, in it sort of an effort of not knowing what to do. They mm-hmm. started sharing all of the black influencers like, hey, go follow this person and go follow this person. And, and like, these are the black influencers that I follow, go follow them too. Mm-hmm. And for me, as someone who is observing it all, yeah, it felt, it felt sort of disingenuous. It felt, it felt kind of wrong, right? Even mm-hmm. though what they're doing is so valued and mm-hmm. will surely make a huge difference. It, mm-hmm. it sort of felt, it just felt off to me. It sort of felt weird. And, mm-hmm. and you noticed this too. Tell me what you were thinking.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, Jen. Um, I certainly noticed it. I certainly have been on the receiving end of it big time. Big, big time. Um,
0: How many followers have you gained since this whole thing happened?
1: Almost 50,000.
0: And the thing that that was like a gut punch for me Uh is that when we were talking about it, you Mm -hmm. were like, I feel guilty. I feel guilty because I've had all these followers and, and this is never the way like you have been putting in the hard work of being consistent of putting out good product of, of showing exceptional spaces for literal years. Uh And you, you kind of had this feeling of like, this is not the way I wanted this to happen. And I was telling you, you, you need to let go of that guilt, girl. You Uh need to let go of that guilt because this is giving you a bigger platform to show people that representation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I have certainly been grappling with over the last few days. Um, but it hit hard at first. It made me very, I went through a wave of emotions. Um, I was very angry and very sad. I've cried many tears because like you said, you know, this was something that I, have been working toward the, more than anything else. I am somebody that I pride myself on like my integrity and just who I am as a person. And I have always made authenticity first, have wanted to just like, I am so intentional with everything that I do from the way that I design my house to the community that I cultivate. It has been a very, very careful, intentional um, cultivation of this community that means so much to me, my online community. And, um, you know, that's the way that I wanted to do, to do this. And that's the way that I've been doing this. And um, it just felt completely overwhelming. And, And it still is quite overwhelming. But it certainly felt overwhelming to just like all of a sudden have these droves and droves and droves of people like just kind of thrust. I I use the word thrust upon me because that's what it felt like. I mean, I literally on Tuesday had like, you know, 60,000 followers and I was happily like working on my patio and my pergola and just like steady along, you know, talking about the issues and, and just being myself until like Wednesday, I woke up to a hundred thousand followers. I mean, just like in a matter of like four seventy-two hours, it was just <laughs> completely crazy. Um, and and this was certainly not the way. And although, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, Yvonne, congratulations. Like I'm so happy for you. You are so deserving of this. I've been waiting for the world, you know, to see to to see you and now there's so many more people that are going to get to know how amazing you are and yes, that is all true. That is all very very true. But at the same time, this comes as a direct result of more violence against black people. And I, as a black woman, never want to profit off of a black person's pain. Like this is somebody's life that is gone, gone. And it's like, I feel like I am benefiting from that in a way. And it feels, it makes me feel like there's a little bit of this that is, not a little bit. It makes me feel like it's like it's tarnished. Like what am I supposed to do with it? I don't, you know, I am happy, like there's a part of me that's happy as an influencer who's been doing this work, who is doing the work, who this is the way that I provide for my family, this is my job, you know, this is this is what I do. So yes, of course, there's that part of me that is very happy because now there's, you know, hopefully more opportunity for me to um, you know, generate income for my family and to provide for my family and all of those things. But at the same time, it's like, it feels tainted. It feels like, are people really genuinely here for me or are they here because they have white guilt? And that is the thing that I grapple with. I also feel very much so like I've been tokenized, which is insulting so insulting. Um, So I'm just really trying to work through all of that with myself right now. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: I have no doubt that you're going to use this platform for the very best thing moving forward with all of these new followers and that they're going to fall in love with you for who you are and how genuine you are and how talented you are. I I honestly feel bad that, that all of this is hit in the middle of you sharing some amazing projects um, (laughs) because I feel like it's kind of overshadowed overshadowed how unreal your outdoor patio is. Um, (laughs) It's so good. Thank you. Uh, But You know, I want to kind of I want to kind of dumb this down a little bit for people who, you know, I know that you have been saying these things forever. And I Mm -hmm. know that me and other white people, right, like we should have gotten this a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But I kind of want to just dumb it down because I'm still seeing I can't believe I'm still seeing it, but I'm still seeing things like all lives matter. On Uh, social media uh and I'm still seeing things like I don't see color on social media and I'm seeing things like you know protesting is not the way and lumping together protesters and rioters and that all protests are violent why are these statements
1: so damaging um gosh where do I even start um They're damaging because they aren't, because people are using them to willfully and intentionally not address what the actual issues are. It's damaging because it is, people are using all of these things to center themselves in a way, to center uh, and try to compare their plight or their struggle or their pain with the pain of the systemic racism and injustices that are happening and have been happening in this country for over 400 years it is damaging because it is taking away from the what the gut of the issue is and it's it's hard work people do nobody wants to face nobody wants to look in the mirror and and look back at themselves and have to dig deep down and say i am i am wrong like i am not right i this is not okay you know it's damaging because it it uh, muffles the voices of people who need to be heard um and that in and, and while i'm on that topic i want to talk a little bit about the 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 social media movement that's happened over the last week, um, the concept of white voices being muted to amplify melanated voices. And I think that that was, I think that that is probably one of the best things that I've seen so far. Because it was... Usually, whenever these things happen, white, from what I've seen, white content creators, influencers, however you want to label, um, have have chosen to ignore what is happening and have chosen to continue day to day as if it's just normal and regular. Because again, in their lives, it is. It -hmm. is just a normal, regular day. And so it's like, we have this saying white silence is violence it's true and so this time white people choosing to be silent is exactly what we needed because it has given voice to people to black and brown people black people specifically who have been talking who have been shouting who have been doing the work It is given them the opportunity to actually be heard above the white voices that are always heard.
0: I am so relieved to hear you say that, honestly, because Mm -hmm. we I have I have silenced myself for the past week. Um on social media, and as far as pushing out new content. I mean, we had a whole week of fresh content, a new webisode, a new space reveal, a new tutorial. All of that was all lined up, and it just felt so wrong to me to move forward with it. And so we paused all of our content. That was a good move,
1: Jen. That was a good move.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Because I think... <laughs> that was a good so move. that... It leads me back into what my next... You know, my next topic is I want to talk about because, you know, I'm seeing a lot of. So I'm seeing three different things, right? Like the influencers who have taken the path that I have, that is of just quiet and not in action. Um, you know, I put up at the beginning of the week. I put up a, a a quote that that just said, "I'm you know when you're quiet, you can listen and you can hear." everything else that you need to be hearing but if you're Mm -hmm. talking you can't hear those things and that's the that's what that's the position that i took and and some other influencers took as well Mm -hmm. then you're hearing the people who are saying no silence is not the right thing you need Mm -hmm. to be shouting from the rooftops you Mm -hmm. need to be talking as as much as you can about the issue but in reality I don't feel like I'm qualified yet to talk about the issue. I feel like I needed to educate myself more to figure out what I'm going to do to change before I start saying what I'm, what I'm doing. Uh Uh, But you get the influencers who are like every story is a, you know, a a meme or a shout out to some other black business or a Uh black influencer (laughs) or, or it's, it's loud, right? It's really Mm -hmm. loud. And then you get, (laughs) and then you get people who were like, we can't go on like this forever. I'm going to post regular content as usual yeah. and I'm going to use my platform for what it was intended for. Uh-huh. And all three have yes. received a lot of criticism, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I've received a lot of people saying like, silence is the problem and you're not talking and why aren't you talking about this? And then uh-huh. there's, you know, so there's this feeling of like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And what right. I'm afraid of is that then, if if the criticism is high enough, I'm worried that you're going to have radio silence, but in the wrong way, right? Like I'm worried that people are going to get so turned off <laughs> that they're getting criticism because social media, people in social media, man, they don't like to be criticized, right? Like they don't want to <laughs> uh-huh. hear the haters. They're going to mute the haters. So yeah. what I'm so worried is going to happen is that this is just going to make the problem even worse.
1: Worse What is the right response? <laughs> Help. So I mean, there's definitely not a right response, and I think that there I am certainly somebody who's always believed in the model, "Do you, boo, you need to do what's best for you," but I will say this, let me say this, let me be very clear about this. When I say that I think it's good that... Uh, why people are muting themselves to to uplift uh, black voices. That part, I 1,000% stand behind. Yes, I do think that you uh, need to be muting yourself. You need to be not running your mouth so that you can open your ears. You need to be taking in. You need to be examining. You need to be doing that, okay? Okay that is literally just the most minute that's not even the first step that's just like the basic foundation of where the work starts when i say that when i see the black boxes that say i'm silencing myself for the week so that i can listen and take in okay i'm gonna let you silence yourself so that you can listen and take in. But what I am looking for and what I am waiting for is what you do after that. It's what happens next that is the important thing. If you put up a black box and just say, oh, I'm silencing myself for this week so that I can hear other voices, and then the very next post, the very next Monday when things are quote unquote back to normal, business as usual, if the very next thing is the same content you were doing before, I what, what the hell is that? What have you learned? What you were telling me is you were afraid that if you don't say something or do something or put that little black box up, you were fearful of what could happen to your brand image. So that's what you did in order to not have you know a consequence a consequence or a repercussion uh, a negative one in that sense but if you go back to business as usual you have learned nothing you have learned nothing so for me I'm waiting for all of the people that have decided you know I'm going to silence myself because I need to listen I need to I need to see what's happening I want you to come back and tell me what you learned What self-reflection have you made? What changes do you feel like you can make? What things in your direct life, in your direct community, what conversations have you been having? What are the actions that you are going to take moving forward to help provide equality and equity within your life, within this business, within whatever circles that you move in? It, there, it's so much bigger than just you getting quiet to listen. It's about, okay, now I've been quiet. I've listened. So this is what I'm going to do. It's like an empty apology. It's like, you know, if you're a parent and you have a kid, you know, you have children and one child does something to the other child and you say, you know, as a parent, you need to apologize to your sister or brother. And the child just says, Sorry. You that is an empty apology. The only reason why they're apologizing is because mom or dad said I have to apologize. You know, Um, but you know when it's a genuine apology. You know when your child says to the other, you know, sissy or brother, I'm really sorry I did that. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'll never do it again. Or let me help you. Or I should have done this. Like that's a genuine apology. You know, and so that for me, and I think a lot of everybody. They're waiting to see what happens next. That's the, that's the part. What, what is
0: the best next step? Because obviously this is not a easy fix though. I think a lot of people are going to want to just make it go away, right? Like they're going to want to go, well, see, I did something. I'm not racist. I'm, I did X, Y, and Z. Okay back to regular programming, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what is, what is a good next step for people? And then what is a good long-term strategy in, in your opinion?
1: Girl, I cannot tell you. I really, I mean, I've thought, I, I really can't tell you, but I, but what I can tell you is this. I think what I want people to understand specifically in our social media world, our social media realm what I want people to understand and something that I've always made abundantly clear and like at the center of what I do and my voice on social media is that I am a whole person, right? I think the problem is people think they can only be one thing and that is how they've started. And that is what people, all of these people go to them for that one thing. So whenever they try to step outside of that, or they try to, talk about an issue or they try to whatever, they get this huge backlash. Like, I didn't come here for this. I didn't, you should just stick to design because that's what I came here for. And I realized that the reason why that reaction is exists is because people have made themselves completely homogenous in this space. And, I think that this is the perfect opportunity for you to reset, for people to reset, restart, think about how they want to present themselves in this space moving forward. And they should do that. The world, I mean, the social media world, I'm going to go ahead and say like specifically within the design world, it has been completely freaking turned upside down and on its head, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone is talking about race. Everyone is talking about, um, racism. They're talking about equality. They're talking about injustice. These are the conversations that we are having on a regular basis now and have been for the last week. Mm -hmm. So at this point, if you choose to continue your, you know, your um, presence in this space, specifically only talking about design, you, I personally am like, what have you learned? It's like, you have been giving the opportunity, you have been now given the opportunity to do it different. This is a pivot. Absolutely. This is, this is the, cl- the quintessential pivot a bitch moment right here in my words. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the quintessential pivot a bitch moment. You have been doing this up until this point. It has been working for you. It has been working to benefit you while it has been working to harm others. Now, all of the followers, everyone is watching, everyone is listening. There has been an outcry for change. Now you need to change. That's like, that is how I personally feel. Like, that's the next step. That is what I think the next step is. It's like, for me, there's not going to be any change because this is what the hell I've been doing the whole time. Like, there's it's business, it is business as usual for me, literally. Um, but for a lot of people who have been maybe afraid to go there or don't want to reveal, don't want to pick a side, don't want to whatever, like, you have the opportunity to do that now with, with some repercussion, but very little repercussion. Because we are all talking about it. We are all waiting for it. We are watching you. We want to know what you think about. You can absolutely be a freaking amazingly phenomenal, talented designer, renovator, DIYer. You can be incredibly informative and have a beautiful eye and put spaces together so wonderfully and still not want to see black people being shot in the street on a daily basis. Like, you can be both. One does not take away from the other. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing. That's kind of, not kind of, that's like a really big thing that people are like, Siobhan, how do you do it? Because I don't have, there is no me picking and choosing whether or not I want to be a black woman today. There's, there's no picking and choosing that. I was born as a black woman. I'm a black woman first before I'm a designer, before I am somebody who advocates for small spaces and sustainable living and living small and you know, whatever, like I, that is who I am. That is like, I can't get around that. I can't not, there's no me not addressing that. You know what I mean? And I think that that, I think that that's one of the many many ways that white privilege has manifested itself in the influencer space is that white influencers absolutely do not like they can pick and choose what you know what they how they want to show up they can I can't
0: yeah and I I think it goes back to I And I think most white influencers, I dare say all, never fully understood how big of a difference there was between the actions that I could take on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and the thought process that has to go on for the actions that you take on a daily basis. I have been doing a lot, a lot of, of thinking about how I personally can make a difference Uh, in this movement and in my actions moving forward. And I I don't have all the answers yet. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I know the things that I'm going to do immediately as a mother and as a wife and as a parent. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to make a very conscious, concerted effort to expose my children to more people of color, Mm -hmm. to more people who, you know, experience different, different lives thing- on a day. Yes, yes. absolutely. Different mm-hmm. things, right? Like not even just people of color that live in our specific demographic. Like right. I want them to see how people of color across our state, across our country yep. live mm-hmm. and live differently. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been having some some hard conversations in our household and trying to explain to our children that that some people you know there are people we we talked about race this morning how many different races can you name and and my oldest daughter ruby was like well black and brown and white and you know asian and and i was like good that's great some people think that because someone's skin is a different color that they're not a good person mm-hmm and and her eyes were like well why would they why would they say that and and i was like we don't i don't know why mm-hmm. they would say that you know what but we don't ever say that like we don't believe that, that. yeah that's not true mm-hmm. and if you hear someone say something like that you stand up and you say that's not true right they're good people right and you know on a on a F- 3 to f- to 8 year old level. That yeah. those are the kinds of conversations I feel like we need to reinforce again and again and again. Absolutely. Um as a business owner, as a influencer in this space, as an interior designer, I'm going to go out of my way to seek out businesses owned by black artists, mm-hmm. by black creators, and I want to highlight and celebrate those people. I feel like I have already interviewed black uh influencers but not enough. I have already um you know sort of sort of tried to highlight influencers who are black, but I will say I have never once thought I'm I'm, I'm highlighting this person because they're black and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to, no, I've never thought Mm -hmm. that way. And, and I need to, I need to do that more. I need to say representation matters like you do. And I need Mm -hmm. to say more people need to see this work and they need to see more work than just from a white space.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things I will say as a result of all of this, I think that white people have always known their influence we certainly have as black people have always known white influence but i think that white people have never genuinely truly thought about the power of their influence being used in a way that is not benefiting them that's the key the key is you know your influence when it comes to working with a brand and saying, Hey, everybody, swipe up for this, you know. Uh, this is my favorite white t-shirt. Whatever, I'm just throwing something out of the air here. This is my favorite white t-shirt, you guys. It's on sale today. Swipe up and get it. You know that if you have a mega following. That T-shirt is going to sell out in a hot second and you are going to benefit from the commission off of that. You are directly benefiting from using your influence. What has happened is that everybody is now seeing and realizing that, yes, you know the power of your influence. You have used the power of your influence many, many times in a way to benefit you. Now, what we're seeing is white people using the power of their influence to benefit someone other than themselves who is also not white because the power of white influence to for other white influence is very, it has always been there. But now you're seeing people like me and other people, many other people in my circle who are now seeing this huge influx of people come in, and it's like. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing that if this work, if this is something that you, as you've been following these creatives of color for all of this time and never once mentioning how amazing they are, how wonderful they are, how talented they are, how whatever they are, if you've not done that up until now and now you're doing it and now you're seeing how, how that influence is, is directly benefiting black and brown influencers that you're highlighting. These are people that are getting massive influxes of followers, which means eyes on their product, which means eyes on their brands, which means they are now being seen by people that they've never been seen before. They now have a new demographic of con- customer. They now have a new customer base and now gives them the opportunity to expand product, to expand all of these things. You know what I mean? Like that's, that is, I think, what we're now seeing that we've been saying all along. It's like it's so much more than just about the followers. It's about the what happens because of that, things that white influencers know. I mean, we see white influencers get all kinds of phenomenal, like, Brand partnerships and f- book deals, and I mean, just they're getting their own lines of, you know, products and they're like all of these things. And it's like now, what you're doing by you sharing, uh, you know, black and brown influencers, you are now that step is giving them equality. They're now getting those numbers that are growing, that are now getting closer to being equal to yours. You are, what you're providing is equality with that step. But with that, that also gives them equity and equity is the big thing. Equity is the part that is going to take this entire thing and blow the roof off of it. That's what it is. And to your point, I think
0: the majority of white influencers didn't understand Mm -hmm the that these were issues and again yeah. I I think that that is so it's so ignorant right but mm-hmm. I'm a part of that I did not understand like when I you know interviewed you in the past or or highlighted your work in the past it wasn't because you were black it's because we're friends and yeah. I love your work yes and I've, I've been a fan of yours for years mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the same with my other friends who are black. I wasn't Mm -hmm. thinking of them as like, I'm going to highlight a black influencer. I was like, I really love them and I Mm -hmm. love their work and I love them as people. So, of course, I'm going to I'm going to give them a shout out. I think where the shift, the mind shift needs to happen. Right. And and I'm I'm included in this is that I need to say, you know what? it does matter. It does. There is a difference. And I need, yes, I need to go out of my way to show, to show off these amazing people because my audience may not be exposed to them Mm -hmm. and why
1: representation matters. Yep. Think about it, Jen, like you just said, your circle is very white. So there is like a 90% chance that your community is also in that bubble, in that same bubble who will never see or experience or understand or have any contact at all whatsoever with somebody who's black and Brown. But if they see, you know what I mean? And, And that's how it just, the cycle just continues. But by, but by sharing black voices, by sharing black work, you're now saying, Oh crap. How did I not, what? She's doing what? I mean, there are really people out there who are, who have no idea that black people are even designers. They're like, I've never seen a black designer ever in my life. I had no idea you could do this. And it sounds really ignorant (laughs) and it is ignorant, but like, that's the reality for some people. Like, they're like, wow. Yes. Wow. You know what I mean? But yes, it's like, you're expanding the bubble. That's what it is. It's like when you consciously Choose to expand the bubble
0: we're bringing more people in exactly
1: and and you how and i I have believed this from day one, and that is why I'm such an advocate for um com- community over competition, is that you shining the light on somebody else is not going to dim yours, and I genuinely believe that a that is a big part of it as well absolutely is that you shining the light on someone else is not going to dim yours. Well, your light shines very bright. I don't think
0: anyone could dim yours. <laughs> <laughs> I am so grateful for you and I'm grateful. I I do not believe that it is your job or the rest of the Black community's job to educate us or to tell us what to do. Like It is definitely a white problem to solve. I wholeheartedly believe that. But I I also believe without these thoughtful in-depth conversations, those walls are not going to come down. And mm-hmm. so I am grateful to you for sharing your knowledge and experience with me and also with our listeners and I I hope that that these conversations are happening all over. I hope that they continue. And I can't wait to show off more of your work in the future. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jen. I love
0: you dearly. Love you too, friend. Thanks so much for listening to Heart of the Home. We hope that you share this episode with someone that you believe needs to hear this conversation. And we hope that you're having conversations like this yourself.